I'm Major Robinson. Leslie Messer. Mary Stranahan. Senator Dwayne Ackney. Marcy McLean in Billings, Montana. In, in Helena, Montana. Colstrip, Montana. Sydney, Montana. From Arley, Montana. And you are listening. And you are listening. And you're listening to. And you are listening to Listen First. Listen First. Listen First. And you are listening to the podcast Listen First Montana. Hi, this is Chantel Schieffer, President and CEO of Leadership Montana. Views and opinions shared by guests of Listen First Montana do not reflect the opinions of all of our alumni or organization. We are a large group with lots of opinions, believe me. If you hear something that makes you uncomfortable, we invite you to listen deeply, listen hard, and listen first. Welcome to Listen First Montana, a podcast of Leadership Montana. I'm Eric Halverson. Season two of Listen First Montana is just around the corner. But before we begin season two, we wanted to look back and celebrate season one. This podcast started as a simple idea to capture and share important stories. Here's how Leadership Montana president and CEO Chantel Schieffer described her vision for that simple idea when I interviewed her for episode one. You know, there are so many great stories of Montana leaders that don't often get told. And so what I'm looking for with this project is to really be a place where we can tell stories again. And um, when we tell our stories, we're given an opportunity to kind of come back to each other. When we tell our stories and we listen to our stories, we have an opportunity to bridge that divide that separates us. And so we set out to bring you exactly that, to lift up and share the stories of great Montana leaders that don't often get told. We recorded in living rooms, in businesses, and in the halls of the state capitol. Our guests were teachers, technology experts, elected officials, entrepreneurs, architects, and artists. Each episode was undeniably unique and different. But to celebrate the inaugural season of Listen First Montana, made up of 20 episodes and 26 total show guests, we wondered, what was the same? What common ideas did these leaders from such different backgrounds, professions, perspectives, and hometowns talk about? So we looked through all 20 episodes, and sure enough, we found a few common threads. We're excited to bring you a series of short audio clips pulled from all 20 episodes to help us weave together the story of season one of Listen First Montana. Unsurprisingly, the first common thread that caught our attention was how many guests spoke about the value they placed on listening. Here's what they had to say. Listening, that's the first step is you gotta listen um, and hopefully um, ask questions. And if you're asking questions, then that means you're willing to listen. There is, there's a verse in the Bible in James that says everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And I have been meditating on that for months. And so when it's in my nature to uh, you know, when somebody's talking, it's when it's in my nature to, oh, I've got a solution to your problem. And I, 
you know, I have something to say or I'm even thinking about what I'm going to say, um, I remind myself everyone should be quick to listen. And so for me, it means giving people the dignity to be heard is so important. That's one of the main things that I learned in Leadership Montana is even if somebody doesn't believe what you believe or think what you believe, it's about listening, listening to them um, and not not judging what they say, not thinking about your response while they're talking. We have to be able to listen to each other, which is what I just said I don't do well. Um, I, and that's the formula for how we make change, in my opinion, is we listen and we take in good ideas and and move them along, whether it's your idea or not. Who gives a damn? I believe that leaders have to have to listen first listen second listen third listen fourth listen 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 and so for me leadership is about making space for conversation making space for the opportunities to listen yeah we we never learn anything while we're talking um but we do learn when we're when we're listening the deepest and the most valuable lesson that i have learned from leadership montana is listening deeply because i think every every single day we come across the choice to remain open or closed and trying to make sure that you're being intentional when when your knee-jerk nature is to be the opposite is is a great lesson and i i can i count it a superpower now <laughs> a key leadership trait is empathy and there's no greater path to empathy than listening right to to, to truly listen and i think it's a, it's a hard thing to do but if you're gathering information you're listening before you're speaking you're providing kind of the ultimate leadership The next common theme we found was alumni telling us about the early days of their Leadership Montana experience, from applying to the program to that fish out of water feeling during the first session of the Leadership Montana flagship program in Big Sky. I just knew I wanted to be a better guy, right? A better dad, a better husband, boyfriend, uh, you know, a better customer, a better vendor, a, a better friend, a better son. You know, just a better person all around. And not I'm not saying I was a bad guy or I'm a bad guy in any way. I, but I knew I could be better. I knew I could be better, and I was searching for something to help me be better. I, I was just at a time when, like, I, you know, I hadn't been in school in a long time. I just was in need of some education, some coaching, something, you know. I, I remember my mom saying, what are you doing? They accepted you? <laughs> and... It was such a big honor, and I got to Big Sky, and I wasn't sure what. Uh, matter of fact, so much so I didn't go to the first night dinner. I went to the bar, and I thought, I'm, I'm out of here tomorrow morning. I'm literally getting in my happy truck and, and heading down the hill. But I, I stuck it out, and I'm glad I did. That's the biggest memory, the first one, right, was, wow, this is so touchy-feely and these people are smart and man they use words I don't even know what the hell they're saying and that was a turning point in my life um, was okay do I continue with this it's gonna be hard or am I going to walk away from this amazing opportunity and go back to doubting myself and my leadership 
sitting there with that talking stick was so far out of my wheelhouse. All I wanted to do was get out of that room. And I, I called her. This was actually before we were married. Um, we were just dating at the time. And I called her and I said, I can't do this. I need to get out of this Leadership Montana thing. And she said, no, stick it out. Just see what happens. So I stuck it out. And it was honestly one of the defining moments in my life. It, it has really changed me a lot. Uh, it has really led me to where I am as an entrepreneur. It has also taught me to, you know, sit down, listen, think before I respond. And I think that's probably as it's, it's, it's probably helped me to get to where I am in life more than anything else that I've done. My first time going to Leadership Montana, we all meet at Big Sky and I show up and people are like in like jackets and ties and hair that's like done you can just like smell the product and aftershave and cologne and everything you know like and we're all in big sky and like it's just like very like nice sort of atmosphere and I am so freaked out that I order room service for breakfast because I don't want to go down to the the breakfast room area for you know continental breakfast because I don't want to have to talk to anyone like small talk I I I'm a guest ranch. It's like small talk is my life. But I, I did not want to do that with those people. I was like, ugh, like bank president. What am I going to talk about? You know, like it, it, like over like muffins, you know, like it was just it was so awkward that I stayed in my room and then I purposely showed up late, as late as possible to the first session so that I went and like could just go sit at a table and like not have to like engage with anyone. The whole day is talking about how we're going to get so much out of this experience and that we're going to like, you know, really come to trust and depend on these 44 strangers in this room. And I was like, this is bullshit. Don't tell me how to love. Like I went to like hippie liberal arts school in Portland, Oregon. Like I know chewy love. Don't talk to me about that stuff. The most apparent commonality across the episodes were stories about the lessons of Leadership Montana, both what these leaders learned in the program and how they put that learning to use. I don't think I would have ever run for public office without having gone through Leadership Montana um, in terms of giving me a deep appreciation for this state, for the diversity of lived experiences and communities that make up this state um, in terms of my own, I think my own responsibility to serve as well as ability to serve too. Leadership Montana created in me a, a sense of introspection, learning more about about who I am. And again, um, listening and, and being honest with yourself. And it's really difficult um, to be honest with ourselves. Um, you know, we don't, sometimes we're too hard on ourselves, but, but a lot of times, you know, uh, we rationalize by saying, oh, you're being too hard on yourself. You're not, you're not that. My experience with Leadership Montana and the people that I have met because of Leadership Montana, um, people who I am probably completely opposite about in all ways, but a few, um, but we've found a, a um, connection and a common passion for things in our communities. And I think if there's a way that more Montanans could do that and look, um, and it's not easy, believe me, there's some people who... Um, who support certain things that 
are completely against who I am as an Indigenous two-spirit person, and I struggle with it on the on the regular. Like, how can you support something or someone who attacks my very being? Um, so I struggle. It's not easy, but that's what being a leader is, right? That's what it's about. It's about finding that common ground and working together and and for the betterment of of uh, of the entire state, of the entire country, the entire world. And so I think that's an opportunity for us as Montana is to find that common ground as leadership Montana does. Going through leadership Montana, yes, I was more conservative than most of the people in my class, but some of my very best friends are as far to the left as I am to the right on most issues, and yet we're good friends, and we can sit down and talk about different issues and realize we're not going to solve the problem, but we can hang out, we can talk about it. You're not going to change my mind. I'm not going to change your mind, but hey, let's figure out how we can come together and make Montana a better place for everybody that's living here. I didn't know very much about uh, the rest of Montana. I know I knew Western Montana really well, but I didn't know anything about, and that's what I think was the best gift for me in leadership Montana, was learning about how other towns solve their problems. The time we spent uh, understanding and, and traveling the state and uh, spending time under, you know, learning about economies and communities and culture and uh, what really is driving these decisions and what, what formulates or what, you know, hopefully helping to understand where any other legislator is coming from based on that community and respecting that. I, I think every interaction that I have today, whether it's with um, an employee, a customer, a vendor, uh, the general public that I deal so much with, um, is I am, I'm more curious. Leadership Montana changed my life. It, it didn't just change my life. It changed my family's life. It changed my business life. It changed every relationship I have had since that first day in Big Sky. Every, everything I do changed. <laughs> I think Leadership Montana really helps leaders and that it puts you in a group of other leaders that, you know, at first you think they're all way more polished and successful than you are. But as you get to know each other, you find out we're all working on things. And um, Leadership Montana has just a big enough group in all, almost everything that they do to have people that are really fantastic in every area, but none of us are fantastic in every area. And so you get to engage in this tremendous leadership curriculum um, with people who are both learning side by side with you and also at the same time can be incredible teachers and role models themselves. Cultivating and growing leaders within our organization is fundamental to the success and longevity of a company. How do you sustain a company for 50 years? You know, you've got to have a pipeline of leadership all the time. And as you know now, we're starting to try to bring some of the Leadership Montana curriculum and the Gracious Space curriculum uh, into our company and starting to teach that uh, amongst all of our staff. The outside world is so focused, it seems, on dividing us and there's so much that can bring us together. While we do have differences, our similarities outweigh those differences. Even though we differ 
on many bases. I can still respect you. I can still hear you. And we can still spend time together. And frankly, we have a lot more in common than we have in differences. In season one, we spoke to alumni hailing from everywhere, from Sydney to Arlie. And many told us about the significance that a specific place holds in their lives. Billings is really home. I mean, there's something about this valley that has deep, deep roots for me. And I love the landscape. I love the rim rocks. I love the river. I love, you know, I just love the sights of it. I even, you know, as much as people hate the smell of sugar beets and identify that with Billings. I mean, there's no one who doesn't know when they first smelled that. To me, that's the smell. It's Billings. And it's like, yeah, it means farmers are producing crops. It's, it's things are working. It's good. I mean, when you live in a small uh, home county like Richland County, everybody waves, everybody opens doors, everybody smiles, everybody connects at every opportunity from standing in the grocery store line to moving cattle. I mean, we connect. Oh, yes. We're on the edge. We're on the edge of Missoula County. We're in Greeno, which I, I, we no longer have our zip code. So I don't think you could call us a town. It's a, it's a state of mind. It's a place. <laughs> I have a huge connection to the to this valley. And I only moved here in 2002. I've been in other places on the rest. When did it start to feel like home? Right away. I just really? loved it. Yes. I think it would be a great idea for people to come and experience um, the vast quietness of an eastern Montana sky. You know, coming from the reservation, I, I would always stop and look around and say, how did a young Indian man from the reservation, end up here in Japan doing theme park design. I mean, it was the furthest thing from my mind. You know, I felt like I had this great opportunity to see Butte through all of these different sets of eyes. I feel really privileged for a number of years to do the work that I did, to go into different businesses, small businesses, you know, mom and pop shops to big corporate entities, and get a sense of, you know, sort of what this place meant to these people and what the work was that they were doing, you know, with or for or in the community. And um, there's just this, like, goodness and kindness and connection and care for one another. And I think that comes from the mining history. You know, the, the story goes that, you know, men who were enemies above ground and gladly fight each other in a bar you know, at 2 a.m. Um, underground were brothers and would risk their own lives to defend one another's safety. And, and that's just part of where we came from as a community. Um, you know, you took care of each other because you had to. You never knew when it was going to be your turn to have a really bad day underground. Um, or your turn to be the, the spouse or the kid or the parent of the minor who had the really bad day. So you just all took care of each other. Um, and I think that's part of Butte's legacy that's carried on that's so beautiful and just connects with my heart.
listening to the season one recap of Listen First Montana. We're reviewing common themes we found across many of the first 20 episodes of the show. And the next theme that we found was family. As tribal people is that our, our families are very, very broad. Um, I grew up with my cousins. I, I have nine brothers and sisters myself, a huge family to start with. There were seven boys and three girls. But I have cousins that I grew up with who are my brothers. Um, that's just how we saw one another and how we identify with one another. Uh, my, my first cousins are, are my brothers. And sometimes our, our younger cousins, you might call them second and third cousins, really are our grandchildren. Um, we're very connected with one another, and that's important to us. There's a similarity in the culture there in Japan that we have on the reservation that part of the value of who you are as a person isn't just you independently, but your family and your, your community and your tribe. And so I found in Japan it's the same way. You don't just make a decision for yourself. You're making a decision based on your ancestors and what they did and what they fought for, and you're making a decision about your generations to come. And so it's not just about you. Uh, only time in history this state ever passed a budget 100 to nothing. And what Senator Ankney is talking about is in 2015, the budget, proposed budget passed the House in a, re in a historic vote, 100 to zero. Never happened before, hasn't happened since. How'd you do that? Don't ask me. <laughs> I've asked you before, hey, and you know what you've said? It's just what? <laughs> you've said collaboration, common ground, and gracious space. It was fantastic people on uh, the Appropriations Committee. Uh, it was the first time uh, I was allowed to meet with them for three or four days before the session to get the ground rules out there and find some kind of common ground. And that common ground was family. Mm -hmm. Everybody cares about their family. Every time I'm with them, and even when I'm not with them, I'm thinking about them and about... Uh, what what is grandpa going to leave them? And I'm not talking about cars and toys. I'm talking about what skills. And hopefully I am going to leave them learning th that loyalty is important, that integrity is critical, that there's nothing more powerful than character. Um, what gives my life purpose and meaning really is my family, my husband, my son. If I think about the whole gamut of everything that it is being a parent of um, a child with special needs, I have to say it, it has been the greatest um, worry and burden that I've ever had, but it has been the deepest and the strongest blessing that I could ever be gifted with. What's the point of doing any of it if we're doing it in a vacuum? I mean, gosh, if we're not doing all of this life, like with and for one another, then what are we aiming for? Another common thread we found was exactly what we thought we'd find when we began the project, wise advice. I think about just my journey and, and I, um, my journey of healing and becoming figuring out how to love myself and accept myself for who I am, which as you know, it's still a journey that I'm on. I still listen to the cheap seats wherever they are. 
and most of it's in my head. Um, and so part of it is like just being okay to be on that journey and being open and okay with yourself. Because then when we love ourselves, we can love others more than, and accept others more because we're not judging ourselves at the same time that we're judging others. We, we look at things from our own perspective. We see things as we are, not as they are. And so my perspective on you know, the, the issues in society are totally different than someone with a different life experience. Do not take anyone for granted, no matter who they are. Um, friends, family, um, somebody you met on the street or in a bar, <laughs> you know, just don't, um, don't disregard those connections. Even if it was a brief connection that you had with somebody, if you had a really intense conversation, whatever that conversation was about, um, just pay attention to that human connection. I think change and growth and change is um, fundamental to our organization, but f honestly fundamental to any organization being successful over a long period of time. Um, and it's important to me because it's at the the change change is energizing to me, you know, because I see it as opportunity to improve, um, to learn, to grow. Um, and so it's really part of our culture, I think. You know, we're constantly um, looking at ways to to change and innovate our organization. Um, without it, it's, it just becomes stagnant. And the rest of the world's moving too fast um, and will pass you by pretty quick if you're not actively trying to disrupt your own status quo. I've made this really intentional shift to investing in the, the, the power of leadership and empowering those around me. I think that's a very important um, investment and a legacy to if, if I can really inspire and empower those around me to rise up and to, to, to see the absolute best in themselves and to do something they didn't think was possible, that lights me up, right? That is incredibly um, important work. If we're going to be leaders in any way, um, whether that's leaders in communities, businesses, families, we have to be very clear with what our values are and how we use those values to be better leaders. And, and, and not only knowing what they are, but knowing how you, uh, how you display them and, how, and recognizing them in others and recognizing how others work because of their values. I believe that uh, decisions are made by those who show up. And I think even as a child, what I was impressed by were leaders who could inspire folks from an authentic place. They weren't using their position and saying, I am leader, therefore you must follow me. Like it, it has to be sincere, authentic, organic leadership is something that means a lot to me. I think I was always raised with a, well, you should, if, if you need to fix something, you need to contribute and get it done. If you see something wrong in your community, you should take action and organize a group of people to make that change. Finally, and of course, 
We also asked for a few definitions of leadership. Doing something worth fighting for that people want to join you with on the journey. I feel like it's inspiring people to align around a shared vision and giving them the tools and resources that they need in order to get there. Fill in the blank. Leadership is. Mm. Courage. Empowerment. Essential and difficult, challenging, but very necessary. Something to dig deep into and um, bring the rest of the team with you. To end the season one recap of Listen First Montana, a few of our guests shared something that, if you're listening to this, is likely something that you care deeply about too. The place we call home, Montana. When people would ask, what do you think about Montana? What would come to my mind first is, in Montana, when you leave your house, you sign a social contract because we are so vast, you can drive, I'm gonna drive four hours home tonight. And I know no matter what route I take, if I have an issue or my I have a flat tire or whatever, someone's gonna help me. That's just, that's the social contract. We help each other and it doesn't matter. And no one's gonna ask me what my political leanings are first or you know how I feel about a certain issue. We're we are just, it's wonderful. I, I just, I love that about Montana. There's a wonderful thing about Montana, and that's neighborliness. Mm. And so yeah, I go into the grocery store up in St. Ignatius and buy a quart of milk, and it would take me 45 minutes to get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a chatterbox anyway, so I loved it. I want Montana to succeed. I want Montana to continue to be a state that, you know, takes care of everybody within its borders. And I feel like, you know, in the political fight that we're in right now, we have to learn to sit and listen and talk and work out these issues um, to keep Montana going in the right direction. One thing that people don't realize is that this is such a big state and there is not one house district or one Senate district that are the same. Not one. I, you, you, we all have different issues. We all have different concerns. We all have constituents that see things differently than the guy across the fence. That's okay, but that's what the challenge is. That's the challenge. Montanans will never all be the same. But if we can listen to each other's stories, listen to each other's perspectives, if we can listen first, then maybe we can see our way to a better future for Montana. That concludes this recap episode of season one of Listen First Montana. Season two is coming soon. Follow Leadership Montana on social media for updates on new episodes and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. A special thanks to each and every Leadership Montana alum who came on the show. And thanks to you for listening in. Our intro is a rendition of the Montana State song by Scott Gudger, and our other music is from Blue Dot Sessions. We'll see you in season two. Until then, I'm Eric Halverson. Thanks for listening to Listen First, Montana. Montana.